When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walls Rod Motor Group, Walls.com, and Doug Sprinthal. Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking, so when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle, It is, and it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. There I am. We're all in. Here I am with all my opinions. (laughs) All your opinions. You have opinions? A lot of opinions? Sometimes I do. Um, We're just trying to figure something out because uh, it does look like they have the votes now to 
to okay a Supreme Court justice, it does look like like Trump's going to be able to appoint somebody to the court, and they will be uh, on the court maybe even before the election. Oh, so our what's oh I don't even want to go on social media then. So they said oh God, they no. must be losing their minds. Yeah, the Star Tribune led with unfathomable: <laughs> two hundred thousand people have died of coronavirus. How is that unfathomable? 200,000? Yeah. In all, yes. the whole United States. Yeah, it That's sounds it? like a lot, but yeah. yeah, it's really not. I mean, 0.06%. It's, it's a lot of people. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of people, but how Out many people of die States. of the flu every year? Yeah. More than that, uh, uh, I'm pretty it, sure. The, uh, Just the, the regular de- flu. Deaths of, from the flu, if you go to the CDC, right. in 2018, 2019, the maximum number of deaths that they sug- they thought might be were 95,000 mm-hmm. in 2008, the, the flu season 2018, 2019. And that's only a six-month period. And this has been yeah. around how long? It's been around yeah. nine months. months. Yeah, seven, eight, nine months. Well, yeah, nine so months since December. It, yeah. Like they were saying, it's an especially bad flu. You know, it will, it'll kill the vulnerable. Yeah. Most people yeah. but won't al- even notice. Okay, but almost 100,000 people die every year of the flu. Is that safe to say? Well, no, anywhere, anywhere depending on the CDC's. Probably closer CDC to doesn't really know how many people die of the flu because not everybody's tested for the flu. But they, mm-hmm. they have models that... Model it, and they say it's anywhere from forty thousand to ninety-five thousand people die every year from the flu. The other thing about flu deaths is that generally, if you're dying of the flu, you are already basically expected to die soon. So, you know, some ninety-five-year-old person who is already on the edge of death, they just die one day. No one's going to be like, "Hmm, let's do an autopsy." They're just going to be like, "Oh well." well." You know, I have a guess. My guess would be out of the 200,000 people that have died of COVID, actually about 150,000 of them died, and the other 50,000 they said died of COVID. Well, they, they well, did. Well, there is that. Yeah. I wonder. They did say that there were a lot of false positives. Like yes. up to 30% of the tests are wrong. That's right. a huge number. Well, right there, we're down to 130,000. I, I know of one, one test that was sent in that wasn't even done was positive. Test wasn't yeah. even done. Oh, wow. Right. Oh no, so, they don't even do the test. That's yeah. just how good the tests are. You don't even need to test them. So the so the so the testing is a priori. Yeah, Positive. exactly. It's, a, it's an a priori testing system. Have you ever seen Minority or, Report? It's like that, but for diseases. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so look, we want everybody to stay healthy. We want everybody to you know do whatever they're supposed to do. If I wear a mask. If I go in a building, I wear a mask. Yeah, I've got too. it in my pocket. They do what they tell me to do. There are people who won't do what they tell them to do. And what are we supposed to do about that? I don't know. I mean, okay, so Sturgis, they're saying that Sturgis caused a big spike in no, certain it areas. Caused we're a all spike. Ca- not a big, it caused a spike. But were those people not wearing masks? They've been saying there's been spikes every week for the past nine months. I doubt anyone at <clears throat> Sturgis was wearing a mask. They're what not, is Sturgis? They're, they're not mask-wearing they're, they're, folk. They're, they're sort of, well, but, you, you expect a certain level of civil disobedience with Sturgis. Oh, motorcycle. Yeah. Would you yeah. Agree? Well, yeah, and it's not like only Sturgis people were there. No. It's all over the country they come. They, well, yeah. they drive their motorcycles from, like, yeah. Maine to go right. to Sturgis. Well, but that's what so. I mean. Like, Sturgis, <laughs> the event, not Sturgis. Yeah. 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 You know what I'd like to focus on uh, is if our government could focus on the positive of things, it's, hey, it could be a lot worse. But, no, it, it, it's much better just ruin someone. You know, they've literally announced this morning that if you don't vote their way on the Supreme Court judge, they will ruin your life. They actually said that this morning. If you don't vote our way against the Supreme Court nominee, we will do everything they can to ruin your life. They announced that. 
Sounds like politics to me. How filthy is that? Did you ruin somebody's life over that? Sounds like the kind of thing you say about five years before uh, the French Revolution comes to your door. <laughs> exactly. so, so the Senate, not, right? They're the ones that vote on, on SCOTUS, mm-hmm. right? Just the Senate. The House really doesn't have anything to do with it. Or is it the, the nomina- House? The president nominates the Supreme Court right. or the, uh, the uh, Senate uh, votes for it. And okay. It, it's like a... So Congress has nothing to do with it. 60% majority or something, I think? Not anymore. Or no? a simple majority. No, it's simple, just a simple, simple majority, majority now. now. Yep. Oh, and um, they say that they've got the votes. They do so have what the are votes. they going to do to these senators? Are they going to go assassinate them if yeah, they for vote real. for the SCOTUS? What are they going to do? I don't know. Because I tell you what, if they voted, if those four that had you know, been pointed out, they might vote against it. If they did, in their states, they'd never get reelected. They would, there's no way those two women in Maine and Alaska would ever get reelected if they did that. Okay. Uh, Mitt Romney even said he will vote to confirm. Oh, Mitt's been anti-everything, yeah, right? Yeah, he hates Trump. It's true. But in Utah, Utah is the biggest <laughs> anti-abortion state in the United States. You yes, know that, is. right? By far. But yeah, that makes sense. Mormons oh. don't love abortion. Well, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm very confused. Yeah. Weird, right? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All the world's Because the abortion issue is... The Supreme Court can't just all of a sudden say tomorrow, oh, I have a new justice, we have a new justice, we're going to re-examine Roe versus Wade. Well, technically they... People have to bring things to the Supreme right. Court yes. to yes. be... Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah and, and not everything actually gets to be heard, right? No. Right. No, not even close. It's like 99% of cases never reach the Supreme Court. So what... They, it, people are acting like people abortion been, rights are going to be removed as soon as somebody gets a point. Yeah, like January twenty first. My whole life, ever since I was born, Roe versus Wade was in peril. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. See, like and, when George Bush, W. Bush yeah, was in, yeah, abortion's going to be insane. Yeah. Roe versus yeah. Wade. What I, I think that the Supreme <clears throat> Court made a huge mistake in even chiming in on on abortion. I think that that should have been. State by state, and a woman and her doctor, and it shouldn't have been a Supreme Court decision, to tell you the truth. The thing about the Supreme Court, the Roe versus Wade decision, is it's very shaky, and everyone knows it, because the reasoning was, I think it's like, there's an amendment that says you have a right to privacy, so therefore you have a right to an abortion or something, that makes no sense. Everyone knows it makes no sense, so we're all just kind of playing along. (coughs) So it could Sorry. be repealed basically at any time because they it was a stupid but, decision in the first place. But they won't. But they could, you know, they could write an amendment or something like that. I remember back in won't, high I school, um, I know of a couple of people that went to New York to get abortions. It's yeah. been legal in New York somehow for decades. How did they have abortion in New York if nobody because, else could have it? I think before before Roe versus Wade, it was a state by state mm-hmm. issue. There are many states that <coughs> they said it was not legal to do an abortion, and that was the the, the impetus of that decision to get it nationwide. They thought it was, should be a nationwide consistency that you should be able to have that nationwide. Yeah, and okay. there is still states that are taking it a step further because they can like illinois illinois had just last year uh tried to vote to do late-term abortions so right now roe versus wade just allows abortions to be legal but states still get to indicate how far 
they can take it. That's why New York was voting to have a, you know, 17th trimester abortion or whatever. <laughs> 17. 17th. 17th trimester. You kill a kid when they're four years old. <laughs> <laughs> this kid is uh, driving me nuts. That's it. You're aborted. Yeah, Andy likes to exaggerate. Well, you, you, Postpartum. You, I don't know where he gets that from. You know, the, the, yeah. and, in, in medical school, you know, I, you know, this was all going on well before medical school, Roe versus Wade. Before when I was in medical school, when I was in medical school, I thought, well, geez, you know, we had to come up with some sort of compromise, and that baby's pretty much made at the end of about three to four months. So why can't a woman make a decision about her pregnancy in that first three months? Right. Yeah, yeah, really. Give three yeah, whole months to think about it. I mean, or, or why yeah. can't a, a woman and a man, man has the same responsibility? Why can't you consider using birth control mm-hmm. something to think about rather than you know this sort of random kind of thing that's happening it really in this day and age this is the 21st century in this day and age we the number so of children who yeah. sh- who pregnancies which are unwanted should be uh, mm. zero yeah how much is that pill that pill? Oh, oh yeah the, the, uh, the one. morning after the, that one Morning oh. after pill? Yeah. Are you 486? Yeah, how much does that uh, cost for like a you, person? That's over the counter now, right? Yeah, but yeah. how much does it Good. cost? Is it over the counter? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. believe it's, it's over the counter. over the counter? You don't even have to get a prescription? No. So it's you just, really? you just take it up to the pharmacy and they hand it to you. Oh, really? How much so is it, though? Like, it's like... Uh, let's see. Probably here. like 40 bucks, I would guess. So it's like aspirin? It's pretty too expensive. It all, well, what people would it all depends on where you, you get it. You can get it's birth anywhere, control for free. The range is $75 to $1,600. Well! So, that, okay. That's a pretty no. big range. $75? That yeah. sounds like that's if expensive. you were to get it from your doctor, maybe. Well, $75, how often are you buying this whoa, bill? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just saying if you're a person that doesn't have any money and you... It to have you went out and had a one-night stand. And the condom broke or, what, you know, yeah, whatever. these things that people come up with. Right. Then you could go and get that, but you don't have any money, so then you ended up pregnant. And but, yeah, so, but what's, but, more ex- what's more expensive, a pregnancy? Or no, I'm saying, but then they get an, but then they'd get an abortion. What, what's more expensive? Abortions what's more, more dangerous? An abortion or this or pill? Or bucks. <laughs> yeah, how much is an abortion? Five hundred minimum. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, five hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's minimum. Take the seventy-five dollars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, See, that's I thought Planned Parenthood you get probably like closer to two thousand dollars. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back with more. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always great to be with you, Tommy. Michael, we've talked before about the XCheck app at North American Banking Company, where you can send money to your friends and family directly from your account to theirs for free. I imagine people are using that a lot these days, huh? Beyond paying a friend back for the dinner you split or paying fantasy football or golf side action, we've heard from our customers that they're using XCheck to send money to their grown-up kids for a family takeout meal or using it to pay the person that plows their driveway in the winter. Our customers love the flexibility of paying right from their account in just a couple of taps on their phone wherever they are located. I use XCheck, and it's just as easy as Michael says. Send money in one business day or less, and it's completely free. Get XCheck by contacting any of North American Banking Company's five Twin Cities locations. So why not bank with my banker? That's you, Mike. Tommy, thanks for the privilege. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. 
As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM, T-O-M. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. That's a different song. Uh, Just let me know when our guest is ready, Andy, if you would. Uh Uh-huh. We got two minutes, technically. Technically, we do. So, yeah, I mean, it's a situation where basically we're just talking about, look, I don't have an opinion on it. I I was never involved in abortion in my life. That's, you know, my business. Your business is your business. You've never had an abortion before? I never have. (laughs) Never been involved with it. But, again, I just, I've told told this story many, many times on KQRS. I waited till I was over 21 years old to have sex in the first place because I knew if I did when I was 16, 17, uh, four different kids I went to junior high school with at 16 years old had babies. Yep. There was at least two in my high school. Yep. And I just said, I'll never get out of here. And, again, I love North Minneapolis, but I didn't want to live in poverty my whole life. Mm I just, no, I'm not doing it. You have to make decisions for your life and how you want to live it, too. You do. I remember having these conversations with Andy. I probably scared the hell out of him. (laughs) I was like, okay, so you have a baby. I'm not helping you, and you have to support it yourself. So that's (laughs) how it's going to be. There you go, like... We're not having a kid until we've got at least ten million in the bank. Yes, we own at least five properties, all paid off. <laughs> all paid off. Yeah. So, He's so, ridiculous. So now you're at about fifteen million. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're, like having kids Buzz, is, as Michael expensive. Jackson said. If you can't afford the baby, don't have the baby. That's what he said in a song, something like that. Yeah. Something like oh, that. Oh, Billie Jean. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do. You do what you do. I, I do wish it would be free because it would be a much better option for a lot of very young people. I'm not telling you what to do with your body and your baby and all the rest of it. I just tell you there are people, and I just happen to be one of them, that made a decision. I'm not getting involved in that. Sure, I like everybody else, I wanted to have sex when I was 17, 18, 19, and 20. I didn't. That's just the way it is. I just think that there are a lot of things that shouldn't that the government just shouldn't be involved in. Uh, yeah, like there's yeah. No like they should reason. never have been involved in gay marriage because I think that it's just like if you want to get married, you just get should married. have gotten married. Who cares? Yeah, and I don't think the government should have matter? been involved in 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 the abortion issue. I get, we yeah, were talking about it's like the morning after pill, free for all. Yeah, I have think that. the morning after pill should be free. Yep, yep I agree. Well, we have our guest. We'll talk to Christopher Emery. How you doing, Christopher? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing extremely well. The only problem that I have is every time I read about the place you used to work, it's very negative, Christopher. It's really wearing on me, I'll tell you that. Well, that's why my book is so great, because it's about the good times. We want to hear about the good times, Christopher. Seriously, I, I and I tell you up front, Christopher, I, I don't lean too hard one way or the other. I tend to be pretty centrist. 
I, uh, I do not like this negativity. This guy sucks. He's the worst ever. Oh, my God, it's horrible. And I, I don't want to hear that about anybody who's the president or running for president. You know, I, it's a very important office to me. It's a very special office to me. And, I, Christopher, it's got to be a huge thing for you. Well, of course, you know, and I, I, I'm still partial, and I, I pay attention to it every day. I mean, I spent right. eight amazing years there working for three amazing presidents, and uh, it's, it's, you know, to see the, the, the media and the, the critique and the, and the stuff that's going on, it's just hard hard to follow. It is very hard to follow, but you know, Christopher, you're the perfect guy for me to talk to because you worked for Ronald Reagan, you worked for Clinton, you were, you know, these are not exactly guys that saw things the same way, yet somehow Christopher Emery was smart enough or talented enough to work for both of them. How'd that ever happen, Christopher? We're told I today, was lucky. Yeah, yeah, well, good, good. Uh, I was the luckiest guy in the world to have that job. You know, I, I had personal daily contact with three U.S. presidents, and uh, it was very personal, and uh, it, was, it was very unique, and I cherish those moments. In fact, my book doesn't really go into all those details because I keep a lot of those conversations private, and I always will. But it yeah. does give you a sense for how things really operate inside the, those four walls. I could see that. Christopher Emery is our special guest. White House Usher Stories from the Inside. I want to sit back now, Christopher, and shut up and hear your wonder, because I've read your, your story. Your stories are great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I was just, uh, as, as I mentioned, you know, I, I got there on a lark. I, uh, I never expected to, to work in the White House. People often said to me, who do you know to get that job? <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. If, if you read in the book, I, I talk about that. You know, all I was trying to do was get a rejection letter from the White House. Uh, what a great thing to show around the office. It backfired. They, they actually right. hired. Damn it. How did it happen? It sounds like why I considered uh, applying to Harvard, just so I could say uh, <laughs> I almost got into Harvard, but that's <laughs> quite true. I was at Yale once. I walked by it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Christopher, you're a fellow very... Ivy Leaguer, I see. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you and Andy, the Ivy Leaguers out there. Christopher, I love that. And you got to tell everybody you talked to in an interview that you wanted a rejection letter, and damn it, I got hired. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, was, it was truly a lark on my part. And, and even when I called that, that night that I was at home, and I get a call from the White House, and I thought it had to be a joke. And I almost started speaking like Arnold Schwarzenegger or doing some voice like I was going to do a voice, and then, but the lady kept reading from my resume. I thought, this is real. So anyway, yeah, I, I, I had the, the, the incredible experience of, of working uh, directly three years, President Reagan, four years, George H.W. Bush, and uh, about 14 months of the Clintons. And I, uh, I had you know, more access to the president than his own family. Just in the nature of the job, you know, managing the White House residence, which actually has a staff of 96 people. There's 18 acres of grounds and 132-room mansion. And plus, you know, I was in charge of events. Um, you know, so my hours were, you know, sometimes uh, I had three or four 20-hour days in a week, believe it or not, which, which isn't fun. <laughs> But you're so, you know, you're so exhilarating. It's, it's just so amazing and exciting to be there. I never, never took it for granted. And I never took myself too seriously. Well, I wish we were back there in the Christopher Emery days when you didn't take yourself and nobody took themselves so seriously. Because everybody right now is an expert, and my God, they can't wait to do some damage. 
<laughs> or write a book. At least my book was, uh, it's not a kiss and tell. So there's nothing in there that, that would, and that, I had a problem with that because the, the, the publishers and the agents all said I had to write stuff that was revealing, that would sell books, that would make headlines. And I kept saying, well, that's not what this, this book is, is about a story of how the White House runs. It's about right. this thing called the usher's office, which nobody understands. Yeah, so the White, I, White House usher. How you like it? Right. Right, ah, right. that doesn't work. You know, Christopher, I got to. If you don't mind me using the, using a little, it's not that big a deal. But I just, you know, don't be offended by this because it was her response. <clears throat> Many years ago, I was interviewing Mike Wallace, the legendary mm-hmm. newsman Mike Wallace, and just a great guy. And I'm talking about the White House and this that, and the other thing. <clears throat> and he said, "Hey, I saw your guest list for later on today on your show." I said, "Yeah, absolutely." And he goes, "You're interviewing Angie Dickinson." And I said, yeah, she's going to be on in about 20 minutes. And he said, could you do me a favor and ask her a question? And I said, absolutely, I'll ask her whatever you want I want to ask. And then I won't tell you what he told me to ask her. He told me this on the air, what to ask her. And so I go, okay, I'll do that. So 20 minutes later, Angie Dickinson comes on. By the way, Mike Wallace was a tremendous guest, very smart man. And then Angie Dickinson, just a sweetheart of a person, very smart, real talented, the whole deal. She comes on, and I said, uh, to get started, Angie, I have to ask you a question that was passed on to me by your friend, Mike Wallace. She goes, oh, yeah, Mike. Mike's a very good friend of mine. I said, okay, I want to ask you this question on the air, if that's all right with you. And she said, yeah, that's fine. I said, okay, this is a question directly from Mike Wallace. Angie, is it true that you had sex with JFK in the White House? <laughs> and there's this long pause, and she goes, Tom, would you do me a favor and call Mike back and say it's none of his goddamn business? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> no, I, I, met, I met Mike Wallace and Chris Wallace and Angie Dickinson. Um, and, and you know what? I have a, a quick story about uh, Matt, well, uh, the White House and, and JFK. I, I got a call one morning from uh, President Bush, and he said, come on over to the office. I got somebody I want you to meet. So my office was actually in the residence of the White House, the home of the family. And I walked over to the West Wing to the Oval Office. I get there, and the secretary says, oh, yeah, go on in. He's waiting for you. I open the door. I see the president seated at the famous Resolute desk. He's facing me. And there's two gentlemen with their backs towards me. So as I walk in, these, these gentlemen stand to, and turn towards me. Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio. Oh, God, what a day. And the president says, I know what a, a baseball fan you are. I thought you might enjoy taking these guys on a tour of the private <laughs> residence. Well. And I says, of course <laughs> And, and, and on my way out of the office, I looked back at the president. I said, did you let Mrs. Bush know that we're coming over? Because last time he did this to me, I took astronauts upstairs, and Mrs. Bush was in her pajamas. So. <laughs> Sounds I familiar. It. I love it. Christopher, do you, so, do you, have, a, do you so, have more time? Do you have to be out right at sure. noon? Or do you have another segment? No. Can you do another segment? Oh, of course. Oh, I'd love to keep you on. Let's take a break. Be right back. Another segment with Christopher Emery. The book, White House, How's Your Stories from the Inside, will continue in just two minutes with the family. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home. 
listed on the MLS and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. What's more important than reliable plumbing? Having someone you can rely on in case it ever needs attention. Hi, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Look, you don't want to mess around with leaks or shoddy installation or repair when it comes to plumbing. Sabre is the largest installer of Moen fixtures and Ream water heaters in Minnesota. They're dependable pros who get the job done right. So when plumbing happens, call Sabre or visit saberheating.com. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called White House Usher Stories from the Inside. Christopher Emery, our very special guest. I am so happy you had another segment open because there are so many more things I want to hear about your time at the White House, all those years at the White House. But I want want to ask you going in, Christopher, because you watched three presidents from the inside. You've watched, I'm sure, um, George W. Bush. You've watched Barack Obama. You didn't work there at the time, but you watched them both, and now Donald Trump. Do you think, and I'll give you an example of a guy you worked, you worked for, handle it the right way. At a, at a debate many years ago, uh, Reagan and Mondale, 1980 yeah. was that, or 80, 84? It was 84. Yeah, 84. So, um, I, I, the question was asked at the debate, well, what about age, uh, Mr., uh, uh, Mr. President? Uh, the, the topic of age has come up. What do you think of that? And he said, I will not hold Walter Mondale's youth against him. It was a brilliant response. It's the way he should have responded. But now it's like, oh, that bum over here. I mean, they have to rip each other apart. Why do they have to do that, Christopher? Well, it really changed. You know, I think the beginning of the end of the relationships. Now, I'll tell you one story about Ronald Reagan. Everybody knows Tip O'Neill. Speaker mm-hmm. of the House. Yep, yep. Massachusetts, Boston, big guy, you know, white hair. Um, I remember taking Tip O'Neill up to see President Reagan after it was like five or six o'clock after a, a long day. And I could hear them sitting in the West Wing Hall, the private residence. President Reagan's drinking uh, vodka and orange juice, and Tip O'Neill, of course, is drinking Irish whiskey. <laughs> and, and you hear these guys laughing. They're telling stories. After an hour, uh, President escorts Tip O'Neill back to the elevator, and I'm there. And, I, and Tip O'Neill says, thank you, Mr. President. And, and he says to the president, tomorrow morning we put our uniforms back on, and we go at it again. And the president said, yeah, and tomorrow night you'll be over here having drinks with me. And telling jokes, from what I hear. They used to tell each other so, jokes all the time. 
Yeah, and even even into the first Bush administration, you remember George H.W. was a former congressman. Yep. He had a lot of friends on both sides of the aisle. He, too, would, would often entertain. So, you know, they had this persona. During the day, they had to look like they were against each other, but they were truly friends. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, everybody is just blood. I mean, there's absolutely no relationships. You know, their schedules in, on Congress are so short. They work Tuesday through Thursday. They fly back to their, their <laughs> districts, their home districts. They have no time together. It used to be they spend the weekends together. They go out to dinner. None of that exists now. So it's, it's, very, it's a very different dynamic. Is that because of big business? Is that there's so much money in digital now, all of those billions of dollars? Is it all about the money now? Well, of course it's about the money. These guys... <laughs> We sound like like my mother there, by the way, Christopher. (laughs) Well, Tom, of course it's about... (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. I just just wanted to finish one real quick thing. Sure. Remember I left you, I was with Joe DiMaggio and Ted Wayne. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. I I spent two hours with these guys, and I'm just having so much fun. I'm taking them up to the private residence. I'm in the elevator. You know, all I could think of when I see Joe DiMaggio standing in the elevator of the White House, going up to the private residence, all I wanted to do was ask him about Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> probably was who probably was in the same elevator for a different reason. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't. I was good. I didn't bring her up. Well. Anyway. That was very nice of you. And and as far as that <laughs> Ted Williams is another guy though, uh, same guy in the elevator with you. Ted Williams is not a guy you'd want to make angry, I'll tell you that. I I heard that. But you know, he's really uh genteel and Quite gentleman, we, yeah, uh, we talk was. quite a bit. Very nice guy. He was a very, I only talked to him once in my life, but he was a tremendously nice man. Took his game very seriously, and he literally could not understand when he was, uh, when he was managing a team, why can't you guys hit 400? <laughs> he was just, he couldn't believe it. Well, he was a perfectionist, no doubt. Uh, he was, there's no doubt about it. Christopher, so you get this job. Tell me about the first day on the job. That's, that had to have been amazing. It was amazing. I actually started working. It was a Sunday because there was a there was a, a public broadcasting system, what they called in performance at the White House, an entertainment. It was a, a show that was going to be taped for PBS, and they had uh, Bobby Short, Liza Minnelli, and, and uh, uh, Vic. Uh, what is now? I can't remember the the, the other <laughs> the other actors, but they were, they were playing uh, music, uh, Hodge and Hearts, which is like 1930s greatest hits. Really bad. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like but it was really in what the Reagans liked. It was pretty funny. But uh, so that I walked in in the morning, and of course the the house is just torn to shreds because they're they're setting up all the lighting and all the stage work and all this stuff. So it was, it was crazy. So I didn't. Uh, I got to see the president and first lady my first day, but I didn't meet them. I met the first lady the first day, but I didn't meet the president until like two days later. And uh, that was when my boss took me up in the elevator. And we greeted the president as he walked out as he was headed to the Oval Office. I remember seeing this man for the first time this close. And, and just the, the stature, I mean, he was he was like 6'2", broad-shouldered. I remember seeing that the lines in his face seemed deeper, but he just looked like he was in such great shape. And an interesting story about Reagan that people don't realize, you know, after uh, Hinckley shot him in the chest, um, he was prescribed a heavy regimen of, working out so he did a lot of bench presses mm. and the universal gym that the president used was directly above the usher's office so the president would come back from the oval office around five and within 
20 minutes, you hear the clanking of the bench press as he was doing these bench presses. The president, President Reagan, actually increased his shirt size by three sizes. <laughs> wow. Because of, of the muscles that he built up in his chest. Wow. He was already an athlete, but, I mean, he did that when he was, like, 70-something. It was amazing. That is a great story. That's a wonderful story. Was it Vic Morrow? Was that the guy? Yeah. Uh, uh, Vic Morrow was... Um, I thought so, yeah. Uh, Vic Morrow. Yeah, remind me who Vic... I, I remember the name. He had a movie, The Twilight Zone, out at that time. That's a matter of fact, right. he, was, he was killed shooting that movie. Yeah. Oh, really? Right. Yep. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was kind of eerie. I love history, Christopher. <laughs> I well, do. yeah, the book is done well. It's on Amazon. I've gotten 72% five-star ratings, which I think is good. That's very good. Uh, not everybody that. likes it, but it, it, it's not all serious stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot of funny stories in there. Um, because there was a lot of funny things that happened. And, and it's, like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a story about what really happened inside the White House, which most people don't know. What I like about it, Christopher, it could not have come out at a better time because it, it, it is frustrating. I'm sitting here with my wife, our son, our daughter, our son's uh, wife, uh, a family friend forever. This is a very tight-knit family we have in here. And to hear somebody talking positively about Washington, D.C. is a real treat, Christopher, I'll tell you that. Well, and, and I, I believe me, I remember sitting in the green room of the White House as the sun was setting and there were no events and the family was upstairs. So I was just by myself and I would sit there and I, I would look through those blown glass windows out on the south grounds. And I thought to myself, wow, they're actually paying me to do this job, yeah. which is the greatest job in the world. I know you actually get, well, you know, the, the, it's nice to feel that, to go, I actually get paid for doing this. I love this so much. It's so much fun. It's so interesting. And I actually get to collect a paycheck for it. It is a dream. Great timing on the release of the book, Christopher. It's a really good book. Thank White you. House Usher thank Stories so from the much. Inside. Christopher, thanks for your time today, sir. Thank you. You all take care. I appreciate it. Bye. Christopher Emery, E-M-E-R-Y. Um... Yeah, I, I've done a lot of reading him up over the years over over when Christopher was at the White House and when all these people are at the White House. Um, I just... Do you ever remember a time, Ralph, because you and I are all approximately mm-hmm. the same age, I don't remember it ever being this vicious. Like, no. we will end your career. We'll ruin you if you don't vote the way we do. And, and his comment about the people not staying around on the weekend, there's no social life left right. uh, amongst the legislators, yep. amongst the... Oh, well, 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 all three branches. I mean, I'm certain that they had relationships as a result of working together, as a result of partying together, as a result of vacationing together, mm-hmm. going on junkets together. I mean, they all do that sort of stuff. And, and even though you're across the aisle, you're out you're out someplace in Paris, you're having dinner together. I mean, you, you have relationships right. and past experiences that you build on to try to work together. And that's And there was working together. I really get the sense that... 30 years ago, there was a certain sense of working together at some point where you can get some compromise and get, no get to come to yes on something. You can do it any now. Any of that. that doesn't even happen now. Yeah, Tip O'Neill, who was very liberal, and Ronald Reagan, who was very conservative, they were very good friends. They drank together. They smoked cigars together. They laughed. Had a, I don't know if he still smoked cigars after he was shot in the chest. Probably not. But... Um, it's just they got along really well, and now you can't even say somebody's name, and they'll just go nuts. Yeah. It's like, settle down, for God's sake. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? 
Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walls Road Motor Group, Walls.com, and Doug Sprinthal. Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking. So when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle. It is, And it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. I do do do. I'm rocking out, Ben. I do 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 do. Well, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Moving forward, I uh, left this morning. Had some meetings that I had to attend. Left at seven o'clock this morning. Went outside and it was 17 degrees. How? Hey, I yes, had to walk the dog in it. So no whining. <laughs> 17 Tom degrees and windy. Is actually going to go. And buy a winter jacket. Yeah, what a wild idea. Do you know how many winter coats I've purchased for your father and oh, just so given many. them away because he would he never wear, wear them? them? He's finally old enough to understand that you wear a winter jacket. It had nothing jacket. to do with old enough when I was a kid, but I didn't have a winter jacket. So, so wouldn't you be, like, happy that you had a winter yeah. jacket? No, I'm used to not wearing it. Uh, I thought it was just you're too cool and groovy. Matter of fact, Bobby Knotts, my good friend who died many, many years ago, unfortunately, he had a, what was known as a, (coughs) excuse me. Known as an achoo. Bless you. I don't know why I'm sneezing. COVID. Must be very dry. (laughs) Pretty sure it's not COVID. But I can't remember what they were. They were called Prima jackets in North Minneapolis. Prima? Prima. They were like, they were like wool here and the sleeves were leather. They were jackets. A bomber. Oh, yeah, yeah, They're sure, called sure. bombers. No, no, not, not no a bomber. bomber jackets. Or a varsity jacket? A varsity yeah, jacket? Yeah, probably kind of like a varsity jacket. Okay. But Bobby had one of those. Not the great winter coat. It was just a jacket, right? Oh, right. Uh, he used to wear it. I don't care if it was 30 below. He'd always wear it unbuttoned. Oh. <laughs> That's just being too cool yeah. for school. Kind Bob of thing. was being too cool for the room. Yeah, Is that what you meant? Exactly. Come on. Our, our neighbor the other day, I'm, I'm dressed in a full length down coat. I've got a hat on underneath the hood. 
I've got gloves on. I'm walking the dog. He's out there in shorts. That's how I am. I'm and like, flip-flops. That's I'm, like, I'm like, I've got a light sweater. I'm good. Some people just don't feel Yeah, cold. but you're not going to be out there that long in flip-flops. That's true. Oh, man. No. That's true. Oof. Well, wait a minute. What's this all about? Both you and Doug need a CAT scan. What did Doug and I do? Uh, so many things. Sprinthal. Sprinthal's fault. Yes. That's all I'm saying. So i got to figure out. So, Joe, why do I need a CAT scan? Because you don't wear a winter jacket. Yes. Well, I, I was talking about Bobby now, so I was talking about Doug. I think it's... Sprinthal uh, just called me. I wonder what's going on, because he just called. I didn't answer. Probably needs, needs, needs a winter jacket. And well, while you're shopping... While you're at Macy's. While you're at Macy's. <laughs> Could you shopping. pick up a jacket for me? Honest to God, it's October 27th, and ladies and gentlemen, listening around the world, particularly you, those of you in the Middle East, if you're from Minnesota, <laughs> be happy you're not here because it was 17 and windy this morning when I left for my first meeting. Yes, we're getting very excited that it might be 44 tomorrow. Ooh, 44 yeah. in October. God, I remember many yeah. times it was 70, to, not 70, but I remember a couple times it was like 60 degrees on Thanksgiving. Yep, many times. I've, I've been in the yeah. garden uh, on Thanksgiving, uh, finishing up last gardening chores, uh, 60 degrees, mm. sunny, beautiful. Oh, it and, sounds and, so and tropical. And one year, just as the sun went down, the temperature dropped about 30 degrees. Oh. I mean, just plummeted. Yeah. It started to snow, and I said, put a fork in the garden this year. I'm done. <laughs> Boom. Lock her up. You're out of there. Andy, what was the temperature drop in the uh, Armistice Day storm here in Minnesota? I think it was literally like 80 degrees, and one day it dropped from like 70 to 10 below or something like what? that. 1940? Was it 1940s, that one it was? Yes, it was. And what was the drop? Let's see. In 24 hours. In dropped. November 11th, early yep. afternoon, yep. the temperature was 65. And let's see. 50 degree temperature drops. Oh, that's all? When we got down to 35? Only 50? <laughs> Only 50. That's a lot. That's there were 20 foot snow drifts. I mean, you said 65 to 15. That's what it is. Yeah. 65, you said? Yeah. 65 to 15 degrees. Yep. Then. Yeah, okay. And that's, and that's when everybody couldn't get in back to their barn and all and back died, from the barn. Yeah. A lot 27 of inches of snowfall, 20 foot snow drifts, and 80 mile an hour winds. Oh my God! Yeah. And now 15 that's a degrees. Blizzard. I hope I never well, have to be, live there. There was an unseasonable warm front that touched right. an unseasonable cold front. So it basically created a gigantic wind tunnel in the entire Midwest. That'll do it. All right, I have to ask you guys: Any of you watch Saturday Night Live? No. I, I think the last time I watched Saturday Night Live was when the Chris Farley compilation came out. There you go. So, <laughs> Ralph, you watch Saturday Night no, Live? No. Does it, who watches that show now? Because I don't know. No anybody I, know. I don't know. I'm guessing New Yorkers. College and, kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. College kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know about even college kids. Really? I On the internet, no kids. one no. cares about Saturday Night Live anymore. I don't I even still, know what their audience is. It's probably I, pretty low. I want to appear on either CNN or Fox for just one interview. I want to ask what it feels like when, when your candidate is drawing most of their votes from people whose brains aren't even fully formed yet. Yeah. Anybody under 28 who votes, their brains aren't even fully formed yet. So is that a good thing? Alex, how do you feel now that you have a fully formed brain? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Now that you've exactly. never felt better. I've That's never exactly felt better. right. Things clearer now. Now yeah. that your brain... Just your brain kicking into high gear. Not your brain filled true. out. <laughs> it is true. And they want to lower the voting age to 16. Yeah, hell no. 
That would be a really bad idea. Yes, it would. You imagine 16-year-olds just deciding who's going to be the president I of the United States? I think that there would be violence in high schools because oh, of it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that you could do it. Uh, yeah, there would be so emotional and everybody would be yeah. such a disaster. No. Well, the reason they dropped it to 18 is because of men and women in the service. They're serving their country, so therefore they should be able to vote. And they have to be, I think, 18 to get in the service. You're supposed to be, yes. Supposed to be, yes. So that's why it was dropped to 18. But dropping it to 16 would be psychotic. That would be incomplete. Completely insane. But, you know, I just, okay, full disclosure, i got to be honest with you. I, I just made a mistake. Honest. I was sitting here just before, and I had to transfer some money to pay a bill. This is my American Express bill, right? Yeah. And, it, you know, this is the season. It's coming up. So I had a $3,000 balance on my credit card. Mm-hmm. It's a little higher than usual. Uh, when I transferred the money, it said, you do not have sufficient funds because I entered $3 million. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing you didn't have sufficient funds because otherwise million dollars. you could have had a problem. There are $3 million out the window. How many times yeah. have I told you to wear your reading glasses when well, you're doing financial things? Well, I just got to look down and go, what do you mean I don't have sufficient funds? Oh, you're right. I three don't have million. $3 million in my check. If, if, if you're... Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to pay somebody mil. sixty bucks the other day, and I I had six thousand yeah, dollars on so there. there. I'm like that's go. wrong. It's exact same thing I <laughs> did. If, if your credit card bill is three million dollars, chances are your your credit card bill was delivered by UPS or FedEx. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Too. I, yeah, yeah I so, think the, don't make the, the old American Express black card I think doesn't have any limit. Doesn't have any limit. Yeah, you can actually exactly right. I, can you actually charge like a million? dollars? I do wonder. You can charge as much as you want. Yeah, you mm. can charge whatever you want. They're metal now, too. That's the other cool thing. I'm going to get one like two years before I croak and just go crazy. Just run up the bill like you do tomorrow. Come and get it, suckers. I would like to buy (laughs) the country of Guam. Yeah. (laughs) The reason I ask you guys about Saturday Night Live now, apparently people do not like Jim Carrey playing Joe Biden on Saturday Night Live. Say it's not going over well. I don't know. He... the, I heard it was it's funny. A good, um, it's a good impression, that's for sure. I heard it was really funny. Jim Carrey is in Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I thought he was crazy. In he the was he crazy. I guess maybe he got on the right meds. Oh. Jim Carrey is one of the most gifted impressionists of his generation, writes Rob Harvilla, or Harvia at The Ringer. If it sounds like there's a butt coming, you're right. Like plenty of other critics out there, Javier doesn't think Carrey's running impression of Joe Biden on Saturday Night Live is working at all. The problem, he writes, is that the comedian is a little too Jim Carrey-ish for this particular role. Carrey is one of the most overwhelming comedians of his generation. You don't pay Jim Carrey to disappear into a role. You pay him to explode that role entirely like the chest burster from Alien. And in this case, he's supposed to be portraying the calmer of our two presidential candidates at the Daily Beast. Marlowe Stern finds the choice by SNL to be rather strange. Why? Because it's funny. I haven't seen it, but it, so it, it must be funny. Who so you can't have that. cares what this guy thinks? <laughs> Who cares what any of these media people think I know. Think I'm done worrying about what You media thinks. people are the biggest stand shoulder to shoulder, the biggest ass kissers of all time. Unless you got hard evidence, I don't want to hear it. Oh, God, they're disgusting. The ass kissing that goes on in newspapers and on national the television, local timing. television, radio, particularly public radio. God, the ass kissing is just out of control. Come on. What? Ass kissing is so much fun. Well, you're going to criticize Jim Carrey for being funny? Yeah. That's what he's supposed to be doing. It's a little bitter, I think. Well, it, was, it, was, it was the wrong person to... Uh, yeah. He could never parody Joe Biden. Well, that was the problem. Sorry, Einstein's dead, so you can't <laughs> get him to do it. I know that's who you'd want. But look, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, to me, are pretty much the same person. 
Am I missing something here? They're both involved for the money. There's no question about that. They're both involved for the power. There's no question about that. They've both done some underhanded dealings. There's no question about that either. They're the same guy. Yeah. Ethically, the same guy. Exactly. And and a good chance that they're not too far apart politically. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think you're absolutely right about that. Well, Donald Trump was a lifelong Democrat until he ran for president as a Republican. A lifelong Democrat. Matter of fact, there are tons of pictures of him with the Clintons and with the Obamas and with all these other people. I took a an online quiz last <coughs> night about who I should vote for. What'd they say? Eighty percent Green Party. I'm not so surprised. Green Party. I could have yeah. told you that. You're never yeah. coming over to the house again, huh? What? I voted for the Green What's Party person green last party? time. I'm not letting you in. You're out. Why? What's wrong with the, the Green, green Party? Green Party. What? Stop breathing, and then you can be the Green Party. What? You can't expel any oxygen oh my God. or, or That's carbon what it's dioxide. about. Not ever so having green, any. Who's a Green Party candidate? Honestly, I don't, even don't even remember his name. Oh, we got to move <laughs> along here. We'll get back yeah. to you in the third segment because we got a guest for the second segment. We'll be right back with the family. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, a lot of people have heard us talk about community banking over the years. We've been doing these commercials. What makes working with a community bank so different for your customers? Our business banking customers honor us by sharing how we're able to help them on any new project, how we're able to quickly get them the funding they need when others in town can't do it. We do it by taking the time to get to know our customers and the challenges they face. When your business banks with us, you are not just another account number. One thing I've always admired about North American Banking Company is how your team treats not only me, but my friends and family that bank with you so respectfully. Tommy, thanks for making me look good, like my team does. As you know, I have a face for radio. We yes, take you do. <laughs> <laughs> We take pride in doing the right thing for all our customers and the communities we work and live. That's what we mean about being a community bank. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Dan Chesky is here from Dan's Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Okay. Uh, Chris is not ready to go yet, so I can ask you. So who is the Green Party candidate for president? Here, let me, I have my thing. I don't know who thing, that is. I have my thing right here. Rebel, rebel. And bop, I had to bop, look up the whole rank choice bop. voting thing, because Bloomington has that oh, on yeah, our ballot. Right. Uh, Green Party running for president is Howie Hawkins. Howie Hawkins? Howie Hawkins. Howie Hawkins. screaming Jay Hawkins' brother? <laughs> I'll put a spell on you. I'd love it. That'd be great. And what, what's the American? Yes, yeah, everybody Solidar? else. It was eighty percent him, and everybody else was like way down. Zero. <laughs> I didn't agree. like in the forties. I was oh, like, well, that's yeah. 
That'll happen, I suppose. That'll I want to find out what... It's the way it is. Yeah. We find out what? Kendall Why Qualls. I didn't... Kendall Qualls is a really good guy. Plus I... his initials are KQ. Works for me. <laughs> oh, sure. Ah! Yeah. Oh, what do you think of that? Actually? It's a no, sign. Kendall's actually a really God. good guy. I endorsed Dean Phillips two years ago. I voted for Dean Phillips, I remember. I did, too, and I understand that everybody who knows him does not like him. That's exactly what I understand, too. Well, he never did call me back and thank me for it. He asked for my endorsement, comes on the show, I endorse him, and then I never heard from him again after he won. Nice. It's not very smart, Dean, because now I'm... I don't endorse people anyway. It's not a real endorsement. i got to ask you a question. Who cares what a new, who a newspaper <laughs> endorses? Who cares? Well, we know what they're going to do. Of course, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like it's like NPR. <clears throat> who do you think they're going to endorse? Yeah. The people oh, that want to give them the most money. Yeah. And then there's the Congress too. Oh yeah. Is Chris we, ready to go? Yes, we do have him. I cannot wait for this interview, Chris Valla. How you doing, Chris? I'm great, Tom. How are you doing? He's doing marvelously well. I just uh, we're trying to figure out why anyone would care if the uh, you know. The embarrassed Minnesota Times and book endorses a presidential. Who cares anymore? <laughs> yeah, at this point, I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Well, I don't know who my telegraph operator is going to endorse, but I should check with him, too. <laughs> Honest to God. I love the idea of your book, ladies and gentlemen, available on Amazon. I is for Illuminati, and A to Z guide to our paranoid times. I do have to ask you, Chris, have you done a lot of interviews for your book already? Uh, just one, actually, right before this. Oh, um, just one. So this is, you know, pretty much it. God, I want, I <laughs> wanted to one. make, I wanted to ask you, and I was hoping because this will happen to you, Chris, because I've been around radio people my whole life. You ready? Somebody's going to ask mm-hmm. you. So, Chris, tell us about your book. L is for Illuminati. <laughs> I guarantee you, that's going to happen. <laughs> You know, I I, uh, I can see that. Sure. He, he goes, I can see that. I want to hear all about this. The a, a to Z compendium of our paranoid times explores the most popular conspiracy theories from Area 51 and vaccines to chemtrails and JFK. I just want to lay back and, and, and fire you up, Chris. I want to hear all about this. This is phenomenal. Vaccines, Alex. Sure, yeah. Oh, God. Alex, you um, want to yeah, talk about so vaccines? You know, basically the book, it, it, like you said, it's a classic, you know, ABC primer or a primer where... You know, each letter of the alphabet is focused on one conspiracy. Everything, you know, from UFOs and lizard people to the flat earth, pyramids. Um, each section is fully illustrated, and each one features, um, you know, some kind of like Dr. Seuss-style introductory rhymes. Um, and then I go into a slightly more in-depth but still sort of lighthearted explanation of each conspiracy. Um, you know, I kind of look at it as like Conspiracy 101, where... You know, I'm providing the basics of, you know, this particular subject in sort of an easy-to-digest way for people who, you know, might be interested in these topics but don't know where to start researching or for people who might know a lot about one particular conspiracy but, you know, want to see what else is out there or for, you know, the total conspiracy freaks who sort of want to indoctrinate their, you know, family, spouse, or, you know, children because there is illustrations as well. <laughs> but, um Yeah. Um, you know, it's something I've always been really interested in. Um, so is, is C for COVID? C, no. So C <laughs> is for chemtrails, actually. Oh, okay. um, chemtrail. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Think, so actually, you know, I, I haven't really looked too much into the conspiracies around COVID. Um, mostly, you know, I'm from New York. I live in New York. Um, 
I got COVID in April. Um, it was not a pleasant experience. And, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I just kind of didn't want to think about it too much. I mean, you know, I've heard the, the basic ones, you know, COVID is, you know, genetically engineered in a laboratory in China or at an American university or, you know, it's, it's the deep state or the Illuminati. But honestly, I haven't really gotten too much into that one. Okay. But, uh, there's still time. Good in the, you know, the, the book came out, or I, I finished the book, writing the book probably a year and a half ago. Oh, so, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the newer, you know, stuff might not, might not, might not have made it into that. Was there an initial conspiracy theory? Was there ever a, a, the first conspiracy theory of all time, or does it just go back so far you can't keep track of it? Um, you know, I would say, um. Probably aliens, you know? I mean, the idea, you know, the whole ancient alien thing where, you know, these aliens came down, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, um, which is sort of ties into the whole idea of, like, lizard people where there's this group of, you know, these reptilian-looking aliens from constellations like Draco, Sirius, Orion, etc., landed on Earth, you know, maybe like 300,000 years ago and began sort of manipulating and combining human DNA with their own to kind of create this this subspecies that continues to exist today. You know, a lot of people, a lot of conspiracy theorists believe that every ruling family that existed since, you know, Sumeria, since Egypt, you know, all the way up to the British monarchy has this same sort of hybrid reptilian blood and that, you know, our current generation of you know, bankers, politicians, like, you know, E. Bush, Obama, royal family, right. people like right. Justin Bieber, you know, are basically responsible still, you know, for maintaining this sort of control over the world that's been going on, you know, forever. <laughs> so that, one, that one's kind of kind of interesting. You know, what's interesting to me, Chris, is that, uh, and I have not noticed this because I haven't been on social media in eight years now. I just, I kind of saw the danger with it all and... Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, if you haven't seen the show next, you need to watch it because it's about digital con- completely taking over control of the world, and it's terrifying, Chris. I will tell yes, you. Yes, I, I agree with that. 100%. Are there still conspiracy theories out there, or has uh, Twitter and Facebook kind of taken over that territory by deciding to print whatever they wish to print? Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. Are you? Are you? So you're saying that? That everything is a conspiracy theory, basically. Well, basically what I'm saying is people love to go on Twitter and run their mouths because they don't have to answer for what they've they've written. People love mm-hmm. to accuse people of this or this was a conspiracy or that this was a prop. You know, they teamed up against me and blah. You know, people just love to run their mouths on social mm-hmm. media. Has that changed conspiracy theories at all? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, you know... The amount of things that are, like you said, that are called a conspiracy theory right. are, you know, are definitely, you know, anything can be a conspiracy theory. I mean, you look at something like QAnon, which is basically like every conspiracy theory ever kind of wrapped into one. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, but, you know, you still have the classic ones, you know, and I, and I, you know, like the moon landing or, you know, there's still ones out there and there's still people that are definitely interested in them. But, yeah, I, I totally agree that, you know, social media has kind of, made it, it changed the landscape for sure. It has on everything. I think it, it literally has changed everything across the board. Um, I do love the fact that aliens probably were going on, and probably all the way back to caveman days with some of the cave drawings we've seen. That probably was the very first conspiracy theory. Um, 
Have, has a conspiracy theory, have you ever been in, has it ever involved your life at all? Has, has it touched your life in any way? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've seen UFOs on on several occasions. I think okay. that's what really got me into it as, as a kid. Um, you know, at age seven or eight, I started watching X-Files. You know, I got really into that. Um, you know, and I kind of looked at it like it was real, you know, these, like, secret government organizations, which, hey, who knows, you know, maybe it is, but... Um, you know, and so for me, I always had this idea where, you know, I want to see a UFO. And I, I, when I was a kid, I would just, like, stare up at this guy, you know, always just trying to search for something. And mm-hmm. I saw one. Uh, I was out camping. I think I was, like, 11 years old. And I saw this, like, giant, uh, I would describe it as, like, a triangular, you know, giant craft that had these, like, weird, like, pulsing lights, you know, all around the outline of it, sort of hovering silently above me for um for i would say you know a few minutes and uh and then just sort of shot up into the sky and disappeared um so i was you know i was super pumped uh the next day i I went to like tell everybody about it and just got like totally shot down you know like you didn't see that you know it was a plane it was nothing you know you're (laughs) crazy and so you know and that and that sort of stopped my whole investigations into this whole thing um a few years later, so I'm, so I'm a bartender. Uh, I work at a couple different sort of cocktail speakeasy type bars in Manhattan. And um, so I would say this is about 10 years ago. And this guy comes in, comes up to the bar, super well-dressed, you know, looks well put together. Um, you know, comes up to me and says, hey, can I come in? I was actually the bouncer at the time. So, uh, you know, can I come in? Whatever. Um, gives me this super weird handshake that was almost like, some, like, devil horns or, you know, I, I don't know, I was in a fraternity. It was sort of like this weird kind of, like, fraternity. I don't know what it was. But he gives me this card that has all these weird, like, geometric shapes on it um, and, like, a $100 bill. So threw away the card right away. Kind of wish I hadn't at this point. But uh, kept the money, obviously. And, um, you know, uh, I don't really think anything of it. Uh, he comes up a, a few minutes later, totally, like, freaking out on the phone, speaking this weird language, I, I didn't know what it was, um, really pale, like screaming to the phone, um, and, you know, asked me, you know, hey, can I get back in? Can you let me back in? I was like, yeah, sure, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, goes back inside. The bartender comes out even later and is like, you got to get this guy out of here. Uh, I go downstairs. The guy is like, has his shirt off, like just like, is just absolutely wasted, just, like, grabbing people's drinks, chugging them, just, like, looks terrified. And I'm like, hey, buddy, you know, you got to get out of here. And uh, and he's like, no, I can't leave, I can't leave, I can't leave. And I'm like, well, you, you know, you got to go. And so I kind of, like, drag him outside. He's, like, walking down the block. This is on, like, 7th Avenue in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. He's about a block away. All of a sudden, this giant uh, Cadillac Escalade pulls up, zooms past me, you know, screeches to a halt right in front of him. Doors open. Uh, he starts screaming at whoever's in the car. They start screaming at him. Uh, and, um, you know, this guy comes out of the car, kind of looks like The Rock, you know, some, like, giant Uh-oh. individual. And uh, basically just grabs this guy, shoves him in the car, and they just speed off. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you know, all right, that was, that was kind of crazy. Um, and I go inside, and I, and I talk to the bartender. I'm like, hey, you know, like, what was that guy's deal? And he was like, well, I don't know. He's kind of, like, laughing about it. He's like, well, he kept saying, 
you know, he kept asking me, do I know what the Illuminati is? Like, do you know what the Illuminati is? And, you know, I didn't, at that time, this is probably 10 years ago, I didn't know what that term even meant. Um, and so that kind of, that was kind of the catalyst for me to sort of start looking into all these different things about, you know, maybe there's these secret societies or, right. you know, so I guess that for me personally, that was kind of a, <laughs> kind of an interesting thing. Ladies and gentlemen on Amazon, I is for Illuminati and A to Z guide to our paranoid times, Chris Vola, V-O-L-A. Chris, great stories. Thanks for your time today, sir. Yeah, no problem. Have a good day. Bye. Yeah, you too. Bye. We'll be back with the family. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home. List it on the MLS and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Tom Bernard here with my friend John Schwartz, co-owner of AAA Movers, a family-owned part of the Metro since 1964. John, first off, when it comes to moving, not all companies are created equal. What are some of the scary stories you hear about other guys? Tommy, if you hire Chuck in a truck, you unfortunately are going to get Chuck service. AAA Movers makes it our mission to guarantee satisfaction with every step of what can often be a stressful time in your life, moving. We move ten to 12,000 families every year, so from your price quote to the professional, respectful way we handle your life's possessions, we'll make your move easy. I like easy. By the way, this month, if you mention Tom Bernard or KQ, you'll get a free moving box kit with every move, and you'll save 50 bucks off with junk removal with junk luggers. Your move is always triple guaranteed with AAA Movers. That's their price guarantee, safety guarantee, and satisfaction guarantee. Call 612-588-MOVE or online at aaamovers.com. AAA Movers, you may not move every day, but they do. They're rocking out, man. That's all I have to say. I was thinking back, and I do believe this happened when I was a kid, but I'm not certain. Halloween comes with a bonus treat this year. You know what it is? Full moon. COVID. A blue moon. A blue moon. Yeah. So that'll be phenomenal. What technically is a blue moon? I guess you're going to be looking that up yeah. while I read well, this. Second moon in a month. Second full moon in a month. Yeah, that's the yep. blue moon. Second full moon. Uh, yeah, that's right. That first full. See, uh, Ralph knows things. That big moon. That was a beautiful orange, kind of brownish orange. It was that's a harvest yeah. moon. Harvest, the harvest moon. moon. Yeah. Then we got the bad moon. Bad moon is the moon that causes a solar eclipse. That's a bad moon. That's, that's a bad good. moon. Oh, that's okay. a bad moon. Not good. No matter how you plan to spend Halloween night amid the pandemic, Mother Nature plans to deliver the uh, so uh, appropriate setting. For the first time since 1944, a full moon will rise over the U.S. All U.S. time zones on Saturday, so I was not alive, apparently, last time this happened. So, uh, first time a full moon will rise over all, uh, all U.S. time zones on Saturday, reports it was Halloween, only sees a full moon every 19 years. Well, so what do they mean? I don't follow that. 
For the first time since 1944, a full moon will rise over all U.S. time zones on Saturday. Halloween only sees a full moon every 19 years. Well, I don't get this. Maybe they... Meaning U.S. time zones won't experience another until 2039. This will be a blue moon, the second full moon of the month, which only occurs about every two and a half years per Smithsonian, dubbed the Hunter's Moon in reference to the uh, traditional efforts to hunt game at night to prepare for winter. Oh, there you go. Uh, the moon will appear smaller than usual as it nears the farthest point in its orbit around the Earth, so mind the shadows. So I, I thought that there was a blue moon when I was a kid on Halloween, but according to this, there hasn't been a blue moon on a... Well, that might not have been on a Saturday, though. They're saying it was on a... First time yeah, on the, a the Saturday. Saturday thing seems a little arbitrary. It does. It seems rather arbitrary to me, but... Let's see. Blue moon's on Halloween. Yeah, go back. Let's see if I can find this. There was one in 2001 okay. in the Central Mountain and Pacific time zones. Okay. So, hey. I he, wasn't a kid then. You were not a kid. Oh, so, so, so the, the, the qualifier is that's every, every, every yes. time zone and just not one time oh. zone because it may have turned full. Oh, it's sort I of see. a technicality. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't be able to notice I the difference. But it's 1955. A tech- there you go. I was four years old. There yep. you go. Yep. In, I knew we had a blue moon on Halloween. Only in kid. the eastern half of the country. Yeah, so the central, east and central yeah. time zones. Yep. Yep. But yeah, absolutely. And what, what a memory, honey. What do you think of that memory? I'm constantly astonished by you. Oh God, that sounded very sincere. Yes. There's no question about it. That sounded very real and sincere. Hey. My dear. Take it as you will. Yeah. <laughs> I will indeed. I Tom, will indeed. you're a saint for living with this. I know. You're an absolute saint. It's nothing but nothing but a hassle. Nonstop hassle. It's just the way life is. <laughs> I'm there deeply will be, hurt. On average, a full moon on Halloween three or four times per century. Oh. So the average person probably only sees about three of them hmm. in their whole lives. Maybe after this Spooky. blue moon clears out. The energy will shift Indeed. in America. Next one's going to be 2039, so watch out. Well, yeah, 2001, that was not a great year for America. No, it was not a great so, year for America. Hey, no. 2020, it's a bad year for America. Yeah. For everybody. Worldwide, I think. 1955, was that a bad year? 55, the economy collapsed. Well, I can, you can check. Would you? I, I, that's the other thing I remember is the, I believe in oh, 1955. Geez. When I was four years old, I, well, I was next, about to turn Next time there's a full moon on Halloween, I'm just going <laughs> to go in a bunker for that yeah. year. Don't come out of the house. Uh, the reason that, that I th- yeah, it was 1955 or 1956, the economy collapsed. I remember that. I think it was 55, though, but I'm not sure. Because I was only three years old, so looking back, <clears throat> say, Dad, I'm only three, oh, yeah. but I know the economy collapsed. How are my investments doing? <laughs> How yeah. are my investments doing at three? What are they saying, Andy? Uh... Anything? Little Richard recorded Tutti Frutti. He did. He recorded Tutti Frutti in 1955. That's exactly right. What a tragedy. So it doesn't say anything about the the economy collapsing? I mean, I'm reading through every event in 1955. Oh, God, it'll take forever. It'll be a while. Why don't you just type in, did the the economy collapse? The Pentagon developed ICBMs armed with nuclear weapons. There you go. That's great. My three-year-old year year was a big one. There's no question about it. Yeah, apparently. No question about it. Um, yeah, there was a there was a collapse of the economy in the mid fifties. I can't I can't remember. It was fifty five, fifty six. It was one of those two, though. I do remember that because a lot of the neighborhood guys uh, lost their jobs. A lot of the fathers in the neighborhood lost their jobs. That's why I would know about that and remember that. I don't know. It was somewhere in there. It was fifty eight and fifty three apparently. It was fifty eight and fifty three. Well, there were two recessions. Well, there must have been the one in fifty. No, it couldn't have been the one in fifty-three, because my father had just bought a brand new Ford, 
and he ended up losing it because he lost his job and and he had that was the beginning of the real rough times for my family is I so wasn't fifty wasn't fifty three though Don't, yeah, yeah fifty eight was apparently a big one that was the big one yeah and that yeah that could have led to his problem continued ongoing problem his psychotic break no okay. doubt about it no question about it so fifty eight what when it does it well I would have only been well, over the course of the year basically. I'd have been six then. So I wasn't four; I was six. Okay, so that he must have had that car for a couple of years. Yeah, that's probably what happened. He had the car for a couple of years, and then the economy collapsed. That's, Two million job losses. Yep, Ooh. I remember. Forty-seven uh, percent decline in automobile production. Jesus, isn't that amazing? That is unbelievable. Yeah, I thought it was for some reason. I always thought it was fifty-five, fifty-six, but it was actually fifty-eight. All right, works for me. Well, there you go. Yeah, I remember that was a tough deal because my father, we had to move to LeSueur, Minnesota because my father couldn't get a job. And I was only in first grade then, though, because I went to first grade, half of my first grade year in, uh, at St. Anne's in LeSueur, Minnesota. My father was working at uh, a, some sand, some plant made sand, or silica sand, that was the name uh. of it. He worked at silica sand and he was making $1.90 an hour. I remember that. A buck ninety an hour living in Lesueur. We only lived there about six months, though. We lived there from uh, the end of summer until just after the first of the year, if I remember correct, correctly. And then we were back, or something like that. I do believe I finished up my first grade in at the Basilica, if I remember correctly. I think that's right. But in any case, that's isn't that amazing though? You look at that stuff and you go, "Oh yeah, there was a recession then." And even as a little boy, you know there was a recession because there was. A lot of suffering in those things, man. Yes. And a lot of stress at home that does translate. Oh, yeah. You may not know exactly what's going on, but it's a big deal. I remember my dad losing his job. Yeah. You know, I want to think it's in 58, but it, you know, it, it could have been. Or he didn't lose his job, but he was laid off for a long period of, prolonged period of time. You know, what oh, are we going to yeah. do? That sort of stuff. And, and maybe that was the impetus to my mother going back to work because she went back to work when I was seven or eight. Right. So she went back to work as a nurse. So. Can I ask a question? Nope, you're out. So it's been 94 days since Sweden reduced COVID-19 deaths to near zero mm-hmm. without lockdowns or mask mandates. That's correct. Why aren't we at least testing this theory in a couple of states? Because they can't control us if they let us wander around. I mean, part of this is the control of the people. It's pretty shocking that that's what's happened in Sweden. Yep, I know. We, I don't know why we put up with this, but, but our, our government is going to get more and more and more controlling as time goes by, so get used to it. This, we're going to be just like Russia and China. Yep. No yep. Doubt, we will. There's no doubt about it. And all the ri- very rich people will stay all the very rich people. There will be no middle class. There will be very rich people and very poor people, just like there is in Russia and China. And that will be it. That will be everything. So maybe at that point... If I transfer the money, it actually will be $3 because I'll be the president of the United States. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Highly unlikely. Um, you know how they all say America sucks? Mm-hmm. We should ask Virginia Raji uh, if she thinks America sucks or Italy sucks more. Do you want to know why? Yeah, why? Victoria Raji is the mayor of Rome, Italy. The mafia planned to kidnap her and kill her entire family because they disagreed with her. Whoa, <laughs> that's a little harsh. So I don't think America sucks that much. I got to be honest with you. We don't kidnap our mayors and murder them in the. Although, Not yet. JFK was probably murdered by the mafia. 
I'd, probably. I'd, that's probably true. But and the, his brother, probably. Yeah, I mean, but that family dealt with the mafia from day one because their father was a filthy pig. Yeah, you play games with bad people, bad mm. things are going to happen. That's you know, why I know that, having known Ralph my whole life. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Bad people. <laughs> to, to turn on you. Absolutely horrible. <clears throat> bad, in, bad apple. I'm a bad apple. Virginia Raji. Oh, that's man. all I know. The mayor of Rome announced Monday that the mob was plotting to kill her and her family. Virginia said in a pre-recorded TV interview that she has been fighting powerful organized crime families that operate in the city and that the Casa Monica family targeted her after she demolished villas they had built illegally in 2018. We've been informed that they were planning to attack um, against me and my family. She said, adding that she was forced to live with a police escort, but giving no further details. So yeah, she tore down their villas they built. And, I don't uh, think a police escort is going to save you from a bullet on the street. <laughs> really, probably let's, not. Let's just say she ain't out of the woods yet. She's not out of um, the woods. Ever. I thought we didn't have a mob anymore. Yeah, we don't. Why? Well, I, I thought there was not. There's no mafia. I just love all those four guys that are in plain clothes, you know, because you got the guard of that. What, there's one on every corner of the Pope vehicle, the Pope mobile. Yeah, yeah. Well, those four guys in suits that are on the outside of the Garda, they're all four mafia guys. Oh, they protect the Pope, even though he told them, I don't want you protecting me. They do it We're anyway. We're just showing up. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for you. We're here for you, baby. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.